again in 1 John chapter 1 and um, start at verse 3. 1 John chapter 1 starting in verse 3 says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the time we've had together in your house already today and the fellowship around the, the table and uh, uh, just the, the joy that you bring to us through our time together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray that the work of your spirit would go on now and encourage us in uh, having the, the proper value on that fellowship that you've provided. And I pray that you would uh, just continue to uh, guide our walk and our steps, that they would be obedient, that we'd respond as your spirit it works in our hearts through the scripture tonight, this afternoon. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Speaking of being thankful, I should say thanks for that dinner. First of all, that was terrific. And I am well fed as usual. And I uh, sure appreciate uh, being able to spend the time with you folks today. It's a, you, you know, some churches churches have gone back to church dinners and, and some haven't so much. So I'm, I'm uh, in faith, looking forward to more church dinners in our future, because those are terrific, aren't they? And it's a blessing to be with you and, and enjoy that together with you today. You know, fellowship uh, is so special well, for a lot of reasons, but, but one reason, it's something that, that we can all share everywhere. And I've had the opportunity to visit missionaries on a few different mission fields. And the Lord, again, has laid this passage on my heart to emphasize what we have in common, even if I'm in a culture or with people. Uh, sometimes I've had it interpreted for me. Sometimes uh, they, they said they spoke English, but communication was a little rough there. Sometimes didn't seem like we had in, a lot in common, except that we had the most important thing in common. And fellowship just goes so far beyond any any other thing that you could have in, in common with a person, fellowship in, in Christ. So it's sad to see when people are kept away from the fellowship. Uh, of course, the, the pandemic has been uh, terrible for that, and, and uh, it's just been such a blessing. We'll be able to, to be free to, to meet together again. And of course, some people just uh, neglect meeting together with with. God's people and uh, and miss out on something that He designed uh, out of love for them and for their good, and uh, uh, He wants that for all of us. Not just because you need to be with God's people, but God's people need to be with you. They need you to come and and to encourage them as well. So uh, we know that Satan would do anything he could to drive a wedge between uh, believers and keep us away from from each other and our in our churches. But uh, it's been tremendous. Uh, as a testimony of God's work in the last year to see how churches have overcome things and have have been determined to keep in touch with people and, and not lose touch with with people and uh, uh, just to 
to bind up where there's been that that hurt sometimes and what's been missing there. So I I would really encourage you still, and obviously you're you're here this afternoon. I encourage you to continue to keep up the good work and to be overcomers. If there's barriers to fellowship, uh, things that would tempt you to stay away or something, just to just to find out what the Lord would have you to do and try to be in that fellowship. We'll talk about the purpose and the path of our Christian fellowship, the work of, of God through fellowship. What's the purpose? What's the, the path? Uh, and I've forgotten. I've got an outline right over our head here, so we'll, we'll do some of that. All right. First of all, the purpose we find in verse 4, which we read, these things write unto you that your joy may be full. The Lord wants us to have a loving relationship, first of all, with him, and to, to fill us with joy. Uh, Wearsby again says, a fellowship is Christ's answer to the loneliness of life. Joy is his answer to the emptiness and hollowness of life. See, the Lord wants his children to, to get along, to encourage one another in their walk with him. So the purpose is, is joy. God loves us and his joy is such a tremendous gift and it sets us apart from the from the world they they can have fun sure they can have all kinds of fun but it, it's it's so shallow and temporary but the joy <coughs> the joy of the lord as scripture says it's our strength the joy of the lord and fellowship is is meant to feed us in that way let's talk about three kinds of fellowship at least at least uh, briefly and the first is our fellowship with believers that we saw there in, in verse 3, uh, as he said, what we've seen and heard declare unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And I don't know how far John was separated from the people he was writing to. We're not sure the exact uh, circumstances, but in, in most cases, uh, well, with Paul, he was traveling on and writing to people in, in places he'd been to sometimes years years before and sometimes just briefly before and missing their fellowship. But John here uh, writes to believe, believers that he may never see again. We don't know exactly, well, we know how John ended up in, in exile, so he was totally separated from his, his fellowship. And maybe he learned to appreciate it better than, than anybody else. But we have to understand when we talk about fellowship with believers, uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind if you tell me you're having a fellowship is I think of Food, right? Fellowship usually means food to us, but it means a, a lot more than that. It is, and the reason we call them fellowships when we eat is because we share things. And fellowship is about sharing something that, that's held in, in common. Now, first of all, for believers, it's our, our well, there's our food. Uh, but then for believers, it's our faith and the benefits of the Christian life that we have in common. Uh, you know, if we believe the same things from, from God's Word, and we're experiencing the same things in, in God's, uh, God's peace and uh, His His joy and being able to endure things that go on in this, this world, and I guess uh, patience is a description of that as well. We think of the fruit of the Spirit as things that we can have in, in common and fellowship with believers. You know, it's, it'd be great to be like, like the Apostle Paul, a child of God on an island all by yourself, but it's so much greater, and it's his design for us to have these things uh, together. And it's even more wonderful, the joys of the Christian life, when we can share them with, with other people. It involves a knowledge and a passion to know God's people, 
and to care enough about them. You know, you need to care enough about Christ and Christians to get to know them. And you need to know enough about Christ and your fellow believers to care more about them. These are things that, that work together. The basis for Christian fellowship, knowledge and passion. And I hope, you know, there may be some folks still that are isolated or unable to meet with you for one reason or another. And I encourage you, and we've seen it in a number of churches, creative ways and and sometimes just some work to, to get to see people or, or reach out to people in whatever way is possible and be a help to them. Now, in addition to our, our faith and our, our blessings, our, our fellowship is a, is a cooperation in our commission. By that, I, I'm referring to the way that this word was often used uh, in, in the day that John wrote the fellowship particularly meant that people had a burden together. You know, a task was assigned to a couple or a bunch of people, and they had fellowship in that. It, it was something they all shared. We all have to, to do this job, or, or maybe it was soldiers, and we all, we all have this command, or whatever it be. That, that was a, a type of fellowship in the way in John's language and thinking of that time. So sharing a burden or a ministry is a basic way for us to think about fellowship. And that's what Christians share in common as well, a great commission. Uh, we talked this morning about our responsibility to, to reach here and uh, uh, around us more broadly. You need to reach Spooner and Wisconsin and cultures that would be like a Samaria and then around the world. And that's a responsibility. We'll give an account to God for what we've done along that, that way. And we work together uh, to fulfill the things that God wants us to do. And certainly we look at the fellowship that way and being able to, to strengthen and start churches uh, is a work that we do to, together as churches. And it's, it's exciting to me to see how uh, uh, you know, that the Lord gives us that, that opportunity and, and that people really care and they, they want to see uh, communities reached, and they they care about churches that are without pastors or or somehow going through a, a hard time. Uh, folks have asked us what they can do for the church at uh, Marshfield. Their pastor's been in the the hospital now for I don't know if it's going on second second week now, um, but people people care. People are praying for one another, and that's how God wants it to be. Our fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. The second kind of uh, fellowship is our fellowship with God him, himself. Then we see that as we read on in verse 4, that ye may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, fellowship with God is the reason we were created. So obviously it's important. God made us and made us unlike, he, you know, he made a lot of wonderful, complex, and beautiful things, but he made one thing, that could fellowship with him. He made one thing in his own image, and that's mankind. That's you and I. We're in this particular place where God wants us to fellowship with him. And what a tremendous privilege and responsibility as creatures to fellowship with our creator. We appreciate his holiness as we do so. And when an awesome, in the real meaning of that word, when an awesome responsibility to fellowship with God we have. As verse 5 talks about, I think, both his power and his purity when it says, God is light. 
he's not just a reflector of light. We talked about the moon and things like that. He is uh, light, and it just emphasizes his his purity, his holiness, and and it's it's so important for us to think about having a relationship with him, especially because we're so tempted to to invest ourselves and to have interests in this world where we don't really have fellowship, where we don't have anything in, important in, in common. We may share the same favorite football team, and I'm sorry for you if, if we don't, but uh, uh, that's a pretty shallow kind of fellowship, isn't it? There's important things that, that we have in this life of following after Christ uh, together with, with others is described here as walking in the light. And that was in, in verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one, with one another. So we see God, the light, and we walk in his light, and we can have fellowship with him and with our brothers and sisters in, in Christ. Now, the, the other side, getting into the love of this world and, and walking like we used to walk before we were, we were saved, those things are... Uh, are described in verse uh, 7 as walking in, in darkness. Um, I'm sorry, it's verse 6. If, if we have fellowship and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Uh, you know, Paul said, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? So what you and I need to do is submit to God's drawing into righteous relationships. Have, place that in, important uh, relationship uh, with our Heavenly Father, first of all, and then, of course, with our brothers and sisters in, in Christ. And he wants us to be, you know, he wants you to be the best friend your neighbor ever had, but your neighbor may not, may not be your best friend. Uh, for The influence ought to be how you can, be a friend to him and, and show him the ultimate friend in Jesus Christ. You know, the third kind of fellowship we can we can talk about besides our fellowship with believers and God is what about fellowship with with no one? And again, that's verse verse six. Uh, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. We don't really have fellowship if we walk in darkness. Now, first of all, we can end up without out fellowship if a person is uh, uh, not genuinely a, a child of God. Uh, this book, 1 John in particular, talks a lot about how we can know that we're saved and we can be certain of it. And so much of the world doesn't have that kind of, kind of hope in anything, really, but uh, the hope that the Scripture gives us, the certainty of our salvation. If you're not sure that you're a child of God, you want to get that taken care of. And, and, and real Christians can struggle with doubts, and they can uh, you know, maybe need to go back and remember when they were saved, make sure their assurance is God's Word, not something somebody said or told them. Uh, but I would encourage you, if you have doubts, to get you know, talk to a pastor about it, talk to a good, uh, solid Christian, and get help with it, and base your certainty, the security of your salvation on God's word, but that can leave you if you if you're not sure that you know someone, and that happens to us sometimes, doesn't it? We can stand there talking to somebody, and well, they they look kind of familiar. I think 
I think I might know them, but I'm but I'm not sure. And they're just carrying on a conversation, and I I don't know if I really know this person. That's not that's not a lot of fellowship, is it? We want to be certain that we know God, and that personal relationship makes our our fellowship real and and all that it can be. And secondly, uh, it it can be uh, we can be confused, or we can be uh, led led astray. Our Fellowship can really, in that way, be stolen from, from someone who, who has uh, led us in the wrong direction. John talks about that in his book. He talks about antichrists that were in the church. Now, of course, we have the, the prophecy of a literal antichrist coming. But he said there and then, at that time, there were people who were uh, against the work of Christ and that Jesus makes fellowship where these people were breaking fellowship. They were dividing the church and causing trouble. That was pretty harsh language that John used, but that's how serious it is when that happens, uh, that he called those people antichrists. A third way that we can miss out on fellowship is something that, as, as believers, we all ought to know, but it says it very, very specifically in this uh, passage, if, if we have unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin destroys our fellowship and our joy. We've all had times when we're under some kind of guilt and struggling with it. We haven't made it right with God or maybe somebody else we need to make things right with. It just, it, it, it's a burden and a weight that's on us. And partly we carry so much of that burden because we're not sharing the burden. Remember, fellowship, sharing our burdens is what it's about. And God does not mean for us to go on with the burden of our sin. He wants us to confess our sin. And he's given us that path to fellowship. And that's where we want to focus now, is how we can be sure we have the fellowship that God wants. The path is justification. To describe that, that word uh, in this context, of course, it's being made right. When we're forgiven, God takes something that is, is wrong and he cleanses it so it's gone uh, we talked about receiving the righteousness of Christ. That is being justified. It's another term for salvation, not something different than salvation. But then as Christians, and John is primarily writing to Christians, he talks about how we can now keep that relationship clean. He describes in verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. That's how we have this fellowship that he wants for us. Cleanliness uh, builds that uh, that fellowship. Uh, again, he's talking to believers. This isn't talking about cleaning up so that you can be saved. It's, it's cleaning up because you are saved, and you have the greatest motivation and the reason to obey the Lord because you've seen his, you know his love personally. You know uh, him and, and what he's done, and he's, he's fed you with his word, and we're just going to learn to, over time, want to do what's, what's right and walk closely with, with God. You know, on the broad ways of darkness, we can walk in a crowd, but still we're very alone without God. And while there may be very few men traveling God's narrow and rugged path of light, there, on that narrow and rough way, we have Jesus and so we have fellowship and the, and the greatest possible fellowship of all. The cleansing power of the blood of Christ 
makes all the difference. It opens salvation to us and it opens the way for fellowship to have his, his cleansing, to have our sins forgiven. You know, I think it's true of, uh, uh, ever, I'm not an expert on engines or any kind of tool really, but if it's kept clean, you know, machinery in general is going to work better if it's kept clean, right? And, and it's free to, to operate and to, to move. And in, in that sense, fellowship is a type of, of engine. We keep it clean and we can, can, it can work so much better in our lives and, and so much more efficiently. Think of it as driving us on in spiritual growth and service for the Lord. What are we supposed to do? I mean, why did he create us? to fellowship him with him, to serve him. Well, keeping it clean, walking in the light is how that relationship's really going to work. And so that's our encouragement from John uh, here and what, what the Lord wants for us. Now, how that happens is very specific in the, in the next verses. And uh, hopefully you're familiar at least with verse, verse 9, but let me read 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> Look at it this way. Confession is the ultimate end of foolishness. It's the ultimate end of the deception of the devil in this, in this world. Because confession means we come to agreement with God. That's what the term means, and that's, that's exactly what we have to do. We have to believe God. We have to agree with, with God. There's no confession while we're denying our sin, or while we're debating how bad we are, or making excuses for our, our wickedness. We haven't come clean. We haven't con confessed, and, and we're not walking with the Lord until we agree with him about how bad we've been, how serious it, it is. You know, people try to try to say, oh, everybody's doing it these days, or that's just how the world's going, and, you know, maybe that used to be bad, but it's not bad anymore. You know, we're not going to win that argument with God. We're going to win by agreeing with God, and that means we confess our sin. The light of God's purity. We talk about how He is a light. It just shows our sin. It, it leaves it like a like a silhouette. We must repent of our foolish ways and turn to Christ. Make true confession to be right with with Him in our our daily uh, relationship. And then, how precious that is to have that joy restored and that that precious walk with Him in the light as He has has designed it. You know the. In this verse, we notice these, these terms. I don't know if you've thought much about them before. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Well, God can do whatever he wants to. But he has given us his word. And we know he's always going to keep his word. It's still, I think it's good for us to think of it this way and realize that when God, every time God keeps his word, it's a choice. He chooses to honor his character. He's never going to choose anything different. He's always going to keep his word, but still, he does that for us. Uh, he's promised to grant forgiveness when we seek it. We don't deserve it, 
But upon salvation, we've entered a covenant which makes cleansing available to us when we ask for it. We can't take it from God. We just receive it from Him. But He will give it to us. We have His word on it. Every time we confess, He chooses to be faithful and to forgive us. He chooses to restore us to fellowship by making us right. Justification uh, is, is how, God, how God does this when we agree with him, when we come and confess our sin as, as we ought. You know, what does it take for you to admit that you're, that you're wrong? You think of the, the prodigal son there, and I mean, he just had one husk too many at some point, didn't he? He said, that's enough of this. You know, when do we say, well, that, that's, that's enough. I, I'm going back to my father to be in his arms, to be in his, his fellowship. Um, hopefully that fellowship, as, as we learn to appreciate it from God's word, and I hope this isn't the last time you study this, but to appreciate the fellowship that God wants for you, that ought to be the motivation for you. Fellowship with God, first of all, but also with your brothers and sisters in Christ. That ought to be so valuable to us. His joy so fulfilling that it will encourage us to renounce darkness and walk in the light. Fellowship is that good, isn't it? Has God given us enough motivation to do what's right? Has he given us enough motivation to come clean? And, and it, I mean, it's hard. To confess our sin and, and it hurts our pride and all that. Sure, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's worth it. That's what I'm saying. Fellowship, as the scripture presents it to us. It, for one thing, we know it's powerful because the devil tries so hard to destroy it, doesn't he? It also is so precious that it can motivate us to be victorious in our walk with the Lord. We want to be spiritually strong for each other and especially faithful for our Savior. Our Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word and all that you offer to us in it and really a, a tool here for, for fellowship and, and sharing in these wonderful gifts that you have provided for us and to know you and to know uh, the, the fruits of the Spirit personally and yet then to share them within a family Lord, this is, this is a wonderful gift that we need to be reminded of and we need to, to value that fellowship so that we, we do all that's necessary so it's not lost and, and we miss out <clears throat> on your blessing. <clears throat> I pray, Lord, that you would do this work in our hearts this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You have a song for us? I'm going to get some water. <clears throat> 382. The voice is coming back. I probably had one meatball too many.